Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my discussion about the energy weapon problem as I see it. Very underrepresented uh, weapon usage in there. A lot of primaries in the energy slot that just don't seem worth using because of the lack of representation in the kinetic slot. We don't have really any fusions, shotguns, or snipers in the kinetic slot. There's, there's very few. Yes, there are some, but there needs to be a lot more. I argued for weapon to either be able to move around and lose their element or move around and always have an element. I don't think bringing back element weapons in that kinetic slot would hurt any of the contents, um, especially considering the only major thing hurt by it would be match game, and you could just lower the multiplier payout from that since it would suddenly be not quite as painful as a modifier. Prism would be way cooler, I think, if you could have three weapons, one of each element, and then you could bring back Rainbow Burn. Again, creating more diversity and dynamic experiences for the player instead of it feeling so sort of one-dimensional in the builds and loadouts right now. A lot of year one builds going on. And a lot of really cool energy primary weapons that you just don't feel like you can equip because fusions, shotguns, snipers, and other good energy weapons don't have representation in the kinetic slot. And shotguns are basically the best and most often used energy weapon. There's a very underrepresented nature to fusion snipers. I called for elemental, like, energy, I'm sorry, energy SMGs to be invented as well uh, to really justify putting down the shotguns in all of the content, making the snipers, the fusions, and even SMGs more viable in PvE. Some of this may cause problems in PvP, but I'm talking specifically in creating more damage structures, more perks to make you feel like using something other than a shotgun. So, first question from Hardcore Elmo. Uh, feels like Gambit and Comp should have a solo playlist like we had in D1. Wouldn't mind waiting a little longer to cue myself thoughts. Okay, that's not a solution, and I'm going to tell you why. I've gotten this question a lot, so I've thought about this quite a bit. Solo queue murders the other playlists because you need solo queue players to fill gaps. Anybody running a duo or a triple needs a solo queue player to fill. So basically what you end up doing is you don't just extend matchmaking, you kill matchmaking. Uh, then you go to the solo queue playlist, and sure, you don't mind it that much because you're like, I gotta wait a little bit longer, but the other playlists end up getting very, very hurt by it. So the reason they turned off Freelance in D1 is it hurt the other playlist. You don't want to ever feel like you've basically turned matchmaking into an absolute headache for people. Um, and you also don't want people who aren't currently running you know, on a, anybody running a team feels almost punished, like it's going to take forever, and then teams are only going to match teams, then people running duos, people running a team of three, basically feel like they can never get a single game, I cannot get this gun to drop anymore, dude, cannot get it to drop anymore, it will not drop me a warden, we've been doing this all morning, uh, I can't even get legendaries to consistently drop out of the thing. I really want a Rampage Outlaw Warden, and it just isn't happening. Um, so solo queue would make uh, would make things, I think, kind of bad. I'm going to put a Warden in my inventory. Um, I don't know why. It's just a, it's just a suspicion that I have. Uh, we're going to put a Curated Warden in my inventory. Rob Detto with the next question. After reading your title to the stream, I wish more energy weapons were in the primary slot. My fault. My vault is filled with energy and not a lot of primary. Yeah, I mean, you you made this question before I did my talk. I mean, you hi, you're highlighting the overarching underrepresentation and lopsidedness uh, in in the game right now. Uh, and yes, there's a podcast tonight. That's why the that's why the command is in the title of the stream. 
Kello, Kello, Kello FDE. Do you think the horror story is balanced? I think the horror story is fine. I don't know where it would be un- imbalanced. It's not particularly strong in PVE. I was using a half dam that I felt like was significantly stronger because of the range, the impact, the three times rampage and drop mag. It felt like a great gun. I was using a half dam, which is a hockey auto rifle from the gunsmith, and it has quick draw, rampage, drop mag. And it's got really, really great range. It almost has max range. If I take this to Masterwork level 10, it'll have full range. Uh, and I put counterbalance on it. This thing is fantastic. I had a very easy time maintaining three times Rampage. It's very, very strong against ads at range. Uh, I do have some subs uh, to thank. Um, Dunglin with two months of Prime subs. You did it during the main talk. And then 17 months from Dauntless Archer, almost a year and a half. Wonder where my emotes went working on the second stream, baby. Thank you so much, guys, for those resubs. Uh, and alerts are turned back on. So yeah, I don't know if the horror story is anything that you would consider to be uh, imbalanced. Sword on power, check swords. I didn't even think to mention that in my talk. I feel like you could afford to lower damage on grenade launchers and slap them in the energy slot. You could lower damage on swords and slap them in the energy slot. I should have put that in my talk. That's another idea that I completely forgot to add to my outline. Swords and grenade launchers feel like you could potentially have lower damage energy versions in the game that, again, would spice up the loadouts, you know? Like, put on a sword, dude. It's as good as a shotgun if used properly. It's slightly weaker, but it's saucy. It's different. It's got some knockback. Maybe it does something to the the enemies behind, or maybe it does something to the enemy that you hit. I don't know, you know? Uh... Hardcore Elmo, do you think they should bring uh, up energy weapon damage to match EP Shoddy to warrant their use uh, after the tone EP Shoddy anyway? I mean, if you make everything in the energy slot as strong as the EP Shoddy, the problem there is you're now making you're making everything in the energy weapon slot stronger than all of the exotic power weapons in so, and people are like, well, just make everything stronger. Okay, well, if you just make everything stronger, you're going to have to balance how strong uh, majors and bosses are, right? You don't really have to mess with the trash ads. Nobody's going around and being like, yay, my, you know, my power weapon is so much stronger now. I'm going to wreck these trash ads. Like, trash ads could probably stay same health structure, but... But you could definitely afford to up the, the the health of majors and bosses. If you raise power weapon lethality, if you raise the lethality of all energy weapons to match EP shoddy, we would be literally running around just decimating everything, and that would be kind of silly. So you'd have to consider, like, okay, if we're going to raise all this, how are we going to make majors, shielded majors, mini bosses, public event bosses, lost sector bosses, how are we going to make these guys feel like actual legitimate threats if you just crank everything up to 11 so nerfs are not always the answer but neither is like just buffing everything across the board um xqc my god should energy primaries do super bonus damage to elemental shields i mean they already do oh energy primaries do super bonus damage to elemental shields. I mean, I don't exactly know what you mean by, like, super bonus damage. Like, right now, if I use an energy weapon and I match the and I match the damage type, I get a bonus because when I pop it, there's, like, the blast. It stuns them. It does damage to them and damage to enemies in the area. 
So matching element type right now already has like an intrinsic benefit to the you know the shield popping. It pops the shield faster, so you're doing more damage to the shield. Once the shield does pop, you get another damage bonus from the shield popping to both the enemy and to enemies that are around. Though, so. in flames, Joe Blackburn, part of Destiny 2's raid team, said this about Ikalos Shotgun. I would say that you've invested time in Destiny, and now you get to feel a type of powerful. Just wondering your responses to this. I think Joe Blackburn, when he's, I don't know when he said this, okay, but I'm going to engage with it in our present context, and I'm going to quote Joe Blackburn right back to Joe Blackburn. Hey, Joe Blackburn, people have invested time in Destiny and should feel a certain type of powerful in the Last Wish raid. It's endgame content. Nightfall-specific rewards, right? You gave me context in mod chat? Uh... I don't see I don't see what you're talking about, Milky. And then I it's gonna it'll mess up my it'll mess up my screen caps if I do it. I don't see context anywhere. Um, Twitch mod chat has nothing and it looks like it got shoved out of the mod chat in Discord. So like number one, I don't think escalation protocol is endgame content anymore. I don't think you can argue that. I really and truly don't think you can argue that. Number two Endgame content right now is being undercut by a very, very easily obtained item. The Escalation Protocol shotgun is not hard to get. You can grind wave six and seven over and over and over again. Every time it doesn't drop, your chances of getting it goes up. Every single time. So eventually you just almost, you're not guaranteed to get it, but you're almost guaranteed to get it after enough time, right? So again, I'm going to quote Joe Blackburn to Joe Blackburn. And I'm being respectful. Like, I'm not being mean here, but it's like, come on, man. Like, all the weapons in the Last Wish raid, all of them are outdone by the Escalation Protocol shotgun. All of them. So I'm going to quote him back to himself. Like, I should be... I'm in the wrong mod chat. I'm sorry. Context for Joe Blackburn's comment on the EP shotgun. Somebody said, speaking of players feeling smart, Jokin, do you tell me whether in your eyes each of the ways to beat encounters qualifies as a cheese, an exploit, or a legit strategy? Number one is all using Ikelos shotgun to kill Morgeth in the Spire Keeper by shooting him in the back of the leg. And then Joe said, I would say it's not a cheese or an exploit. I would say that you've invested time in Destiny and now you get to be a type of, and now you get to feel a type of powerful um, it sort of hints, uh, it sort of hits on that idea the first time it took you 20 hours, but now it takes 20 minutes. So that one, yeah, good on you. I mean, yeah, even the last half of his answer is a bit of a dodge. The last half of his answer is a bit of a dodge. That's a false equivalency. That's a false equivalency. Just because we're beating the raid faster now, we're not beating... We're not beating the Last Wish raid faster now because we got a bunch of powerful loot from the Last Wish raid. We're beating the Last Wish raid faster now because we're not getting wrecked by Delta Scale. That's a false equivalency. Using EP Shotgun to melt virtually every boss in the game is not even remotely equivalent to beating a raid faster because we're no longer getting wrecked by a Delta Scale or getting damage checked by a Delta Scale. It's a false, uh, that's, a, that's a gigantic false equivalency. That's a dodge. He's not answering, answering the question. There is nothing, there is nothing that drops in the Last Wish raid that is equal to Escalation Protocol Shotgun and Efficiency. 
Nobody's going into the Last Wish raid and is like, well, I got my Nation of Beasts, or I got this I got this rocket launcher, or I got X, Y, or Z. This is making the Last Wish a whole lot faster. You one phase Morgoth with Sleepers and Whispers just as easily? Yeah, and that is a year those are year one weapons. Again, I'm gonna use his words against him. You've invested time in Destiny. You've beat endgame content in Forsaken, and you're not rewarded with power. Your power's coming from outside of Last Wish, from content in Warmind. You're, what? What forever then? What? What in? In what are we gonna do in Black Armory and and Joker's Wild and Penumbra? We're gonna be like, yeah, man, you invested time in Escalation Protocol. Therefore, you're always gonna have a gun that's stronger than everything in the game. There's nothing in Last Wish that you get that increases your efficiency. It's it's endgame content with rewards that are weaker than than Escalation Protocol gear. His own, he's cutting off the branch he's standing on. Yeah, man. He's cutting the branch off. Yeah, man. You deserve powerful endgame content. You've invested time. Sweet. Where is that in the Last Wish raid? Where is it? Because I don't see it. Oh, the 1K voices. Okay. Okay. Where's the primary that's better than the Midnight Coup? Where's the energy that's better than the Escalation Protocol shotgun? Where are the powerful weapons in that endgame? They're nowhere. It's it's literally just like King's Fall all over again. You can go get a hung jury in the tower that, as a primary weapon, was better than every primary weapon in the King's Fall raid. Undercuts loot incentive. Undercuts power structure and hierarchy of reward. Makes zero sense. It makes zero sense. So his answer, in my opinion, contradicts the very nature of why people are frustrated. And number two, he dodges the question and creates a false equivalency. We are not beating the Last Wish raid faster because of endgame loot in Forsaken. We are beating the Last Wish raid faster because we're not getting Delta scaled. And we're beating the Last Wish raid really, really fast with weapons that we had before Forsaken existed. So you're conceding there are no powerful rewards in Last Wish raid with the exception of the 1K voices. You've just conceded that there's a power hierarchy problem in the game when you basically are like, yeah, everything that people are crushing Last Wish Raid with are from, are from year one. You've just conceded the entire argument. Well, people should feel powerful. Not an answer. That's a tautology. That's like that's just an assertion. That's not an argument. And you're not engaging with the actual far-reaching problems. If you can't put dope gear in the Last Wish Raid to unseat year one loadouts, what in the actual frick are you going to do in future content? And then what are you going to do? You're going to put better stuff in Black Armory, which again will undercut loot incentive for the Last Wish Raid? Last Wish Raid is an amazing raid, but loot incentive's not there. There's no there's no reason to run the armor. It does nothing on it. There's no reason to get the guns. They're not better than anything you can have leading into Forsaken. It's again, it's a cosmetic chase. Chattering Bone's really cool, but it does, it, 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 like, that's, that's you can get another version of the you can get a bygones by just grinding gambit and that's a, that's a solid pulse you don't need the chattering bone i kind of agree with his time investment though it took a lot of grind to get those loadouts there need to be other stuff that's just as powerful 
Right. Like that, that, that precisely the point, Eugene, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that Forsaken, let me be clear here. I, I, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that Forsaken should have landed on the game and been like, anything you grinded for up to this point is garbage. You're going to get just ridiculous guns from Endgame of Forsaken. That's not what I'm saying. But when you go into the last wish and you come out on the other end of it and you're like, nothing in there is as, as strong or even more strong than pre-forsaken gear with the exception of the 1k voices nothing the rocket launcher trash chattering bone dope nation of beast dope scout rifle eh maybe it's good now i don't know that they because they made scout rifles better i don't know maybe right I, but again again the issue the issue is not that we have strong gear the issue is that he's saying endgame investment should warrant us power and the endgame investment in forsaken doesn't warrant us to give us power there's this there's this giant arch just imagine like a like a like almost like a a rainbow coming all the way back from warmind like arching over the content and just superseding anything you can chase so in my opinion they have then failed in their aim if your aim is to create endgame content with loot that is winsome, powerful, and dope enough to warrant my time investment, you have failed to do that. You have failed to do that. Nothing in the Last Wish raid is better than gear that I could get before its existence. So it therefore doesn't function as an endgame loot incentive motivator. It doesn't. You have failed to do that. You designed a great raid, but the loot incentive has fallen flat on its freaking face. Light Leap. Uh, I'm 600, have eight Forsaken Exotics, but no Duke. Do you think we need more intentional loot grind? Bounties for weapons, archetypes, vendors, uh, selling rolls. I don't want to do right now because I just have hope for the gun I want. Ooh, man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. I don't know how to answer this because I like what you're saying, but I also am worried if you just turn everything into a just go here and play it enough. Like, world drops are exciting, right? But I hear where you're coming from. Man, I really want a duke, and there's no intentional farm for it. But if I give you an intentional farm for every gun in the game, I'm chopping off the excitement of a world drop. The question would then be, which is a better value point? Player intentionality or excitement over, over a world drop? That's going to come down to preference. I would probably prioritize and prize and put more emphasis on player intentionality over like, yay, world drop, random, cool. You see what I'm saying? I, I think that's a value point. That's exciting. It's like, oh my gosh, I got this world. Holy frick, right? Now, I don't think these things are mutually exclusive now that I'm talking about it and kind of thinking about it. You can still have random world drops, Right? You could still be just doing a nightfall and like a major drops a god roll duke and you're like, what the frick? Awesome! But you could also say, if you really, really, really want to chase a duke, this lost sector will, uh, or this, um, yeah, I think the lost sectors are the best use of this. This lost sector will potentially, uh, has, has, a, has a pretty good drop rate, right? Like when we were farming for the Dust Rock Blues or the Ether Doctor, you create a similar, you create a similar situation. Um, I think, I think you could do both. I think you could have a both and. 
so that y you could still have that elation and that excitement of like, oh my gosh, I got this amazing world drop, but you could also then also have intentionality. I think we could have a both end. They don't need to be they don't need to be at odds with each other because presently they feel like they're at odds with each other. Like it's like, well, no, it's just a world drop. You can't have an intentional farm because the world drop. It needs to be a world drop. And it's like, ah, you could put it, you could put it in a lost sector somewhere and just tell people that maybe world drops have a lower drop rate or something. I don't know. Is it gonna hurt? Is it gonna hurt the game if you can go grind for a duke in some lost sector? Maybe the lost sectors have to be justifiably like reasonable in length and not the ones that you can run in like 60 seconds maybe the more complex I don't know maybe you could say that you're gonna take the duke and rotate it maybe you have a set of world drop weapons that rotate each week and this week you can farm for the duke in this lost sector and then that creates that urgency but it also creates that like eh, if you didn't get it this week tough you gotta try again the next time it rolls around, but you could still get it from a world drop. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to too. I don't want to take too much away from excitement of world drops, but I also don't want players to feel like I'm never gonna get a roll on this weapon that I want. Okay, next question. Amish milkman. Do you think that if they bring back slot burns such as kinetic damage buffs, it'd be a good chance to increase? Uh, or just another band-aid on the wound. You think if they bring back slot burns, which is... I don't know what you mean by kinetic damage buffs. I mean, if they brought back elemental, elemental, you know, burns on all weapons and got rid of this idea that we can't have... we You have to have a kinetic weapon. I mean, I literally had people arguing with me this morning that were basically like, no, you have to have kinetic weapons. I'm like, why? Like, why the insistence on that? You could re... You could retool it. You could retool that and say, well, kinetic weapons now get uh, increased crit damage after the shield is broken, but energy weapons get increased damage to shields, right? So you still get better damage on an arc shield if you're using an arc weapon, but you get better arc damage if it's an energy weapon or something like that. You could still have it scale so that there's a difference between a kinetic weapon with arc and an energy weapon with arc, which may make you do something completely different according to the strike, the structure of adds, the shields, etc. You may be like, dude, there's a ton of void shields in here. You don't want to run a void primary. You want to run a void energy because then you're going to get faster pops and you're going to get bigger pops, right? So then you're going to run arc on your primary because there's less arc shields. Maybe there's no arc shields, but maybe prism is on or maybe maybe uh, rainbow burn is on. So periodically you just you you use arc burn because there's like one or two arc shields. I'm like, I don't know. He's talking about small arms. Oh, slot burn such as kinetic damage buffs. Oh, like small arms. Yeah, I mean, that isn't going to do much now. I mean, I, I don't think people are really looking for small arms. Like, heavyweight is so stupidly broken, especially when coupled with a burn. You put heavyweight and solar on, and your sleeper and your 1K voices just become tactical nukes from Call of Duty. Like, kill everything in the room. So... Uh, next question. King Boomstick. I think the disconnect is weapons that do energy damage but use regular ammo, and there are weapons that use special ammo but can either do kinetic or energy damage. Should specific weapon types be restricted to the second slot, or should weapons that do energy damage use normal ammo be equipable in the first weapon slot? 
I mean, I think the easiest solution is to have is to have the ability to put weapons wherever you want and then just to have different classification. You can still have kinetic and energy. That's the difference, right? So I could have an energy weapon here and a kinetic weapon here. And the difference there is their ammo, the ammo that they're using, right? You got the primary, you got the secondary, you got the heavy. The difference between them is their ammo usage. And whenever it's an energy like or green ammo type, right? If it's a green ammo type, it does more damage because there's less of it. And that's naturally on weapons like shotguns, fusions, snipers, and again, maybe energy SMGs to justify SMGs in PvE, because right now there's just no you just hard to justify them, right? But you shrink their ammo capacity and you give them a damage buff because they're no longer a kinetic weapon, and suddenly you have a weapon that may be viable in the endgame. I don't know. All I know is is that right now there's an underrepresentation and there's a there there are ways um there are, there are ways I think to empower players to have diversity and have that and have that range of equipment without without breaking existing equipment. I, speaking of the Duke, I just got a Duke instead of the. Uh, uh, I just got the Duke instead of the Warden's Law. Enjoyed your past streams. I wish you all the best in the future. Hope things get better. But your opinion pieces have been really negative recently. So for now, we're break, taking a break from your stream. Creating dialogue from constantly having a moan is not for me anymore. Exhausting after a short period. I don't really care what you think. I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke and 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 sunshine and flowers uh, to appease people that only want to hear good things. I'm trying to help the game improve. We are almost two entire months out from the launch of Forsaken, and I think these are problems that will persist into new content that need addressed. So, I don't really care if you leave because I'm getting critical. Fine, go somewhere else where they just blow flowers in your face all day. I don't give a frick. Uh, JD Gamer 50 How do you feel about Sleeper and the aim assist being turned off, not really affecting Gambit and Crucible? Yeah, it wasn't the problem with Gambit. If you go and watch my Gambit review... Um, and again, I'm very nuanced, so if you actually listen to my content, go watch my Gambit review to respond to the, the narrow-minded person in chat. I talked about how overall Gambit's great. Overall Gambit's got tons of potential. It has the, it has the ability to be really fun. Here are the ground-level problems with, with Gambit, right? Here are the ground-level problems with Gambit. And Sleeper's not the problem. Sleeper, Queen Breakers, all the things people are angry about are not the problems with Gambit. Those weapons expose deficiency in Gambit's game design. I think Gambit Invasion needs retooled. I think the rubber band, the catch-up mechanics need to be retooled. I think all those things need to be retooled. I am not surprised at all that lowering aim assist on Sleeper did nothing other than frustrate people in PvE, right? I have a much harder time now hitting crits in PvE with my Sleeper. That doesn't feel very good. It's been a god killer and a head grabber since D1. Look, oh, got him, got his head or whatever. Because when you're using it on, like, those agile, um, like when I was in the Haunted Forest, there's some agile majors and some majors bouncing around, and they would be the daemon. And I would pull out the sleeper, and I would, you know, I would nail uh, the daemon. So... I've consistently heard Eugene saying I've dodged more sleeper shots than I ever did before. It's made a big, pr pretty big difference. I think that 
you are always on the other side of the fence, almost to a, to a fault. And everything I've seen on Twitter, everything I've seen on Reddit, everything I've seen in my chat is that Sleeper's still ridiculous. Because it, aim assist, sure, there are now probably times where you get you don't get shot. But it still is a one-shot weapon anywhere on your body. Queenbreaker, one-shot weapon as long as they hit you in the head. And anytime I played against someone with the Queen Breakers, they had no problem. They had no problem getting me. Why? Because of the nature of invasion, I don't think is functioning properly. I think that's the problem. Yo, it's good, Clyde. So even if you're getting killed by a sleeper less often, that doesn't mean that there still aren't fundamental problems with Gambit. So I'm enjoying not only dying to sleeper and Gambit. Right, and as I said, I had experiences where I was dying to Queen Breakers the entire time. There were guys that were really, really good with snipers that I was dying to the entire time. And the incessant invasion and rubber band mechanics were more annoying than the weapon. It's not the tool. It's not the tool. It's the game mode. It really isn't the tool, I don't think. So, people saying that it's helping, I still think... From a ground level design, you're still going to have people complaining about Queen Breakers, Sleeper, etc. Even if, even if it, it minimizes how often you're getting killed by it, I still feel like at a ground level, Gambit has problems that are highlighted by weapons that are that lethal. Even if you're getting killed less often. So. Uh, green Talon, 1 to 10 excitement for Thunderlord returning. Alright, here's the problem with Thunderlord returning. It's going to be in the heavy slot, and I don't know if the Thunderlord... They're going to have to completely retool how LMGs work. Because they're not LMGs, they're they're heavy machine guns. As far as I know, they have no plans for the machine guns to be in the energy slot. Which means, you're going to have to say, Thunderlord is better to use than Whisper, Sleeper, or 1K Voices. Man, oh man, you're going to have to give me a good reason to do that. You're going to have to give me a really good reason to turn any of those weapons off. Because <laughs> I just... Is a Thunderlord going to be that good? There's nostalgia, sure. What about PvP, Lono? Okay, okay, maybe in PvP. Maybe in PvP. But the other 80% of the game that's not PvP, I don't know if you're going to see a whole lot of Thunderlord. Again, again, maybe they'll do something to machine guns to make them super fun, and then you will see them being used. I'll be excited if they do that, and I hope they do. I will. So, the catch-up uh, mechanics are my main issue with Gambit. No real point in complaining about the weapons, because once 1K voices and King Rapers become more prevalent, are they going to nerf those weapons? Well, that's that's why I don't want Sleeper nerfed. I don't think Sleeper should have been nerfed. I think Sleeper could have stayed exactly where it was. It could have stayed exactly where it was. And if they would have tweaked catch-up rubber band mechanics and invasion and wall hacks and things like that, I think that Sleeper would have been fine the way that it was. I think Queen Breakers and 1K Voices are fine the way that they are. Why? Because I don't think they're the problem. I think it's the rubber banding and the invasion that are the problem. Those weapons are just really good at highlighting the problem. <laughs> because they're so good at killing you. You know? It's like power ammo showing up too often in the Crucible, right? If power ammo shows up too often in the Crucible, you can't be like, oh my gosh, these power weapons are broken, stupid, strong, and they all need nerfed. You'd be like, no, the problem is that power ammo is showing up too often, right? It's a problem of rhythm. 
It's a problem of rhythm, not a problem of power. Sleeper should be powerful. Sleeper should be god tier. So should the 1k. These guns should be strong. It's a rhythmic problem. With well, the, these grenade launchers, I keep getting get killed by grenade launchers in Crucible. They're too strong. No, that's no. If, if, if power ammo was showing up three times as much as it is now, you couldn't say the weapons needed nerf. You'd say it's a rhythmic problem. You'd say, well, yeah, power ammo's showing up way too often. Way too often. I, they need to dial that back. Saying that the weapons were too strong would be a mis, would be a misunderstanding of the problem. So, and I've heard a lot from people right now that they think P, that 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 heavy shows up way too often in PvP. I might be touching a nerve there. I might be an actual issue anyway. Kamikaze, do you believe that ammo finder perks are not working properly and do not use it in your loadouts? Okay, so I they work. They have to work, okay? I was running no power ammo finder this morning in this nightfall, and I was getting significantly less power. I turned one of them on, and I'm getting a lot of consistent power drops to the point that I'm using I'm using my 1K voices way more liberally. Now, people might say, oh, well, heavyweight's on. That influences it, too. I'm telling you, when I had no, no ammo finder on at all, I was getting nothing. I turned one special and one heavy back on, and I'm seeing a significant increase in drops, a measurable and noticeable difference in drops. Now, when I ran two, uh, I still think I still feel like I got more drops when they weren't on. But um, they've been proven to not be working properly. It, uh, th- I read those threads, and I definitely think that that it's noticeable when you wear the mask in the haunted forest. I definitely feel like power ammo increases in the haunted forest off of a mask is working like noticeably working and power ammo finder on your regular armor is working inconsistently i think it's working i just think it's working inconsistently i don't think it's not working at all so i want i want to concede that reddit has both proven and i have both experienced what seems to be a very inconsistent influence it's like sometimes it's like yeah i'm definitely getting more drops other times i'm like i i'm i'm getting nothing but i definitely feel like overall i with one of each on in this nightfall especially i do i am seeing power showing up more 100% i'm seeing showing up so um and again, it could be pairing with with heavyweight. I think heavyweight increases power ammo drops too. Uh, Duncan, uh, Dunkman, Mark, do you think that Bungie will make uh, our power number lower and enemies the same like they did in D1? Can you see us going over 600? Kind of put a concentrated OJ thing on the power cap. Thanks. No, they're not going to mess with our power. They're not going to lower our power. We've been increasing our power since launch. Um, Fire from Heaven. Why can't Bungie figure out how to drop loot? That has raid perks. Uh, dude, I, I don't think they get an excuse or a pass this time around. They they had plenty of time to make the raid armor matter. They had plenty of time to raid add mods. Now, if you're going to trickle raid relevancy, I may give you a pass. I may give them a pass because I may be like, that's actually not a bad idea. We're going to the, trickle the raid relevancy. So two to three months later, you do care about the raid still, or you cre- you care about the raid again, because now you go back and run it for mods. My pushback on that idea is this. If in December, the Black Armory update 
they say, hey, there are now raid perks and raid mods you can grind for. Great, awesome. I'll go get them so I can be stronger in a raid that I barely play now. Um, that's the general problem with doing it in that way. At the height of the raid's engagement, you're not giving me equipment that feels rewarding within the raid's context, right? Contextual power. Like when you got Oracle Disruptor in Vogue. Like, would would somebody have really been like, yay, I now got Oracle Disruptor on my armor. Um, I just got an exotic. I got the Prometheus Catalyst. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, would you have cared about Oracle Disruptor when, when Dark Below came out? When House of Wolves came out? Probably not. You were running Vogue less often then. Like, the the mods on armor and the increase in efficiency from the armor matters at the height of the engagement with the content, not later on. Sure, it'll pull people back in because they're like, oh, I'll get the mods, but I don't know. I just feel like that's a misplaced priority. They may not even be doing that, by the way. I'm just assuming they might they might have that idea in their head because they did it with they did it with the they did it with Leviathan. By the way, we only have two more questions left. If you guys want to submit questions, use the question command. The questions are winding down a little earlier than normal if you want to submit some. Mac2099, what are the powerful rewards from the raid? I believe Bungie has had this issue since Vault of Glass. They made those weapons the best in the game for the most part, and they have swung too far the other way. Raid perks are a must. Thoughts? There's the 1K voices, and that's it. The rocket launcher is a piece of trash, and Nation of Beasts is hard to justify using because it's in the energy slot. Um, and again, as I talked about, there's no equivalency in the kinetic slot for energy weapon choices. So when you unseat your traditional energy weapons like shotguns, even if you've got a fusion that you really like using, there's no equil- equivalency in the kinetic slot. That's a problem. You're sacrificing power purely because you want to run your nation of beasts. Um, and Scout's not very good. The Chattering Bone's great. And then, I don't know, is there anything else worth going for? There's the Techian Force, and then there's the Sniper, the Kinetic Sniper, but none of those none of those are that alluring. None of those are that alluring. So I'm like, what are we honestly doing again? Like, we've come all this way, and they've done it one more time. They created a great raid, King's Fall, and they put garbage rewards in it. Right? Oh, well, the sniper was pretty good. Okay. None of the primaries were worth using. Rocket launcher wasn't worth using out of... It was okay, but it wasn't amazing. It wasn't endgame loot. Joe Blackburn cannot say that it's okay for the Escalation Protocol shotgun to be strong because it was an endgame grind and then design a raid with nothing with nothing strong in it. That doesn't make any sense. That's a contradiction. Like... If the EP shoddy is allowed to be an absolute god killer, if it's allowed to be stronger than exotic power weapons, where in the actual frick then are the last wish rewards then? Where are they? <laughs> what? what uh, oh, they're, yeah, the guns are cool looking? Sweet, we're right back to year one of D2 where we're chasing something that looks cool that isn't, is, isn't needed or influential over my experience. Now, Let's give the other side of the coin here. Lono's going to defend Bungie for a minute. I'm going to put on my Bungie shill hat, okay? I'm going to be a Bungie apologist for a little bit. In the grand scheme of content delivered in Forsaken, the loot pool in The Last Wish is super small, okay? So, 
maybe in the grand scheme of balance and loot delivery, they were like, uh, the other 80% of the community matters more. The other 80%, 90% of the content matters more. So they focus more on that. So the loot pool in the raid got shortchanged. Right? Prioritization of design, when they were putting together Forsaken, they probably weren't thinking about that. Now, it's a little irritating, because they did it for freaking PvP. Uh, Broadsword, Luna's Hal, Not Forgotten. We have none of that. We have none of that in PvE. There's nothing in the raid equal to the grind and the reward other than the 1k voices, but again, that's just a matter of just running the raid every week and hoping. Just hope, just hope. Yeah, just hope. I'll get it, I'll get it, I'll get it, I'll get it. Right? And then you don't. There's no grind for it. Oh, the Malfeasance. Malfeasance has been, you know, decried as not even being that good of a weapon. Not not on the level of, like, Luna's Hell and the Not Forgotten. Right? So... It's just I I don't know the uh, the wish enders in the in the shattered throne. The wish ender is a bit of a shrug though. It's a bit of a shrug. Like yeah, it gets a lono shrug. Like shattered throne is a good step in the right direction, but I don't know if the wish ender is is at the level of being like I, I mean let's let's imagine you put on wish ender right. What, what's the big, big benefit that you're getting on the Wish Ender that justifies using it? Well, the wall hacks and PvP. So it's a PvE grind in Shattered Throne that seems to get most of its benefit from... It seems to get most of its benefit in PvP. Imagine grinding for the Luna's Howl and then having perks on it that, did, that performed and made a bigger difference in PvE than PvP. It, may, it, it, it kills eggs though, right? Yeah. So, and Malf is a Gambit grind. Yeah, and Gambit's a new game mode. It's not strictly a PvE experience. So, like, there, there again, there's just this weird vacancy in a game that's primarily got its footing in PvE engagement and PvE player base. And then we've just once again decided that we're just not going... We're just not going to give the PvE side of the loot pool the treatment that it deserves. Or it's just confused. You know, it's just confused. A, gr- a grind in Warmind and a grind in the original delivery of the vanilla raid, right, is superseding the grind now. Even now, like... I just think, here's the dilemma that I think Bungie's always going to be faced with. They have to respect player investment while while incentivizing player investment in the future. How do you do that? Because that's what Joe Blackburn's question does. That's why it contradicts itself. Joe Blackburn is respecting player investment from before. They grinded for it. It was endgame. It was tough. They deserve that power. Okay? Nothing wrong with Joe Blackburn saying that. But when he says that, there's all this stuff over here on his on his right on his left shoulder that he's like not seeing. It's like, okay, apply that statement then. Endgame grind in, in, in the last in the last wish raid. Endgame grind in the the shattered throne end game grind in you know nightfall specific loot is any of that loot better than this loot over here that you're respecting we wanted to respect people's grind for a midnight coup we wanted to respect people's grind for an ikolas shotgun right you re- you respect that and you let people bring those up and then when you do that 
all this over here is is weaker by default so it doesn't feel like you're not honoring that intention of like end game should reward powerful loot okay then where is it in last wish where is it in the where is it in the nightfall specific loot pool i mean they're cool guns but they're nothing that wh- okay where where's the blind well loot escalation protocol blind well that's equivalent content where's the blind well loot Where's the god tier weapon from the blind well? What the frick, man? Level four, go and get it. What do you get? Powerful drop, that's it. Whoa, man. Just swing and a miss, man. Swing and a miss. Like, content that doesn't matter almost immediately once you get into the higher power levels. Even doesn't matter when you're in the lower power levels because you're too weak to do it. <laughs> like, oh, I'm strong enough to do it now, but who the frick cares? There's nothing in there. Game's got a loot problem again. It's in. This is the best state that Destiny's ever been in. This is in the bet. This is the best state that Destiny's ever been in. But respecting player engagement is again causing. It's just causing a problem. Why do they need to respect grind? I was just getting ready to say it'd probably be better to tick players off and kind of be like, yeah, that loot. Uh, that loot can't come with you anymore. It's getting left behind. What? That's lame. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then a month later, nobody cares because they've grinded for new stuff. Like, think about the player that you're you're dealing with. They're a hobbyist. They're going to play. They're going to grind. They're going to chase the good loot. Frustrating them a little bit on the outset? That's fine. What's the point in playing then? Well, for the nine months to 12 months that you're playing and grinding for pinnacle gear and playing the content, you're enjoying an increased experience and efficiency by grinding for that gear. And then a year later, they press the reset button and you do it all over again. The alternative is what we have now. A year later, you're not doing it all over again because you're like, why? You might be, but at the end of the day, you're like, yeah, nothing's better than the year one build. Bog weapons got left behind. Everybody got really mad. Everybody got really frustrated. King's Fall weapons didn't get left behind, but they were bad anyway. So they kind of got left behind anyway, like by default. When you... so I think there's there there is we've we've turned the corner, and that's why I'm drilling down again on these quality points. Why are you being so negative? Why are you being so critical? Because as a hobbyist. You haven't you you haven't answered the problems in this game yet. We still haven't answered the problems. Uh, Rude Rogers, do you think if they put trench bell on every shotgun, will it be a mandatory perk for PVE? That just again gets at the issue, though. You're not solving a problem there. You're just saying, yeah, shotguns are the best weapons that are not kinetic or power to use, and we just put trench barrel on all of them. You'd actually make the problem of really only feeling like shotguns are worth using. You'd make it worse. Oh, I ran too quickly. Uh, JD Gamer, how do you feel about Destiny avoiding Prestige trying to get rid of it? Um, I don't think Prestige is necessary given what happened with Leviathan Prestige being a pretty unenjoyable experience. Curated loadouts is pretty unenjoyable. I think it's easier for Bungie to create content that's challenging in and of itself. And then obviously Last Wish was primarily challenging because of the Delta scale. And then it's now way easier because we're overleveled. Dude, my drop rate is freaking broken for this gun. I, I cannot get one to drop. I haven't gotten a single one to drop. Uh, I don't get it. 
Maybe I need to equip it. Maybe when it was equipped, my chances were increased. I was getting way more of these. I was, four hours now. Roughly four hours, not a single drop. I was getting like, I think five hours, we got like three last time. I don't know what's going on with this drop rate. I'm a 520 Guardian and at a power cap. I keep grinding out powerful gear milestones every time I log on and I can't get over the hump. Uh, what can I do to get over the hump? I, uh, I don't know. Just keep playing. Just keep playing. There's no magic button. There is no magic button. You just keep playing. If you're getting screwed on the RNG, there's a patch coming that's supposed to... No, the patch that just hit the game is supposed to make your powerful reward... The low end of the powerful reward is supposed to be raised a little bit by the most recent uh, patch. Uh, next question. Will Stizzle. Lona, did scouts get a buff and did it matter? They did get a buff. They feel stronger. I don't... I still don't know if they're... If they're if their fire rate and their engagement ranges are appropriate, most of the time we're engaging at mid-range in PvE. There are places where scouts are probably really strong, but a lot of the content just doesn't feel suited for a scout. I think we're so used to closing spaces with shotguns and hand cannons, you just don't you don't even have the instincts, I think, sometimes to just dial back and use a scout. Uh, Space Spiffman. When you say the raid weapons aren't up to par, is that to do with the perks or the actual stats on the guns? It's not the stats... Okay, if they could be moved up here, then there could be some diversity. You could have some diversity. But the Midnight Coup with Outlaw and Rampage is just such a solid gun. The difference between using the Midnight Coup with Outlaw and Rampage and a, and a, and a Chattering Bone that you think is the best role, let's say I could put the, the Nation of Beasts up there. Let's say that I could put the Age-Old Bond up there. They're not going to be any better than the Midnight Coup. They're just not. They're going to be fine weapons. They're not garbage, but they're not any stronger. And then when the Escalation Protocol shotgun gets added to the mix, Escalation Protocol shotgun is better than every non-primary gun that you can get in the Last Wish raid, including the 1K Voices. Now, in some context, 1K Voices is going to be king, but for the most part... 1K Voices is not as consistent or universally adaptable as the Escalation Protocol. Um, so, that's a problem. It's not that the guns are bad because they just have terrible stats or terrible perk pools. It's that stuff that you've already got is just as good or measurably and significantly better. Uh, Bromora. In Gambit, and sometimes feeling crucible, I feel like the power ammo against players is a really anti-fun thing. In Gambit, it's annoying to always be saving power ammo to deal with an invader or when you invade yourself. Do you think there's any need for it to be changed? Um, or, uh, or only the things around it that allow it to be so viable and debatably important? I No, I don't think you need to change power ammo. Now, potentially in PvP, you could have it showing up less often. Because apparently, I've seen a lot of people saying, like, power ammo is just showing up too often in the Crucible. Last couple times I played, I felt like all I died to was uh, grenade launchers and shotguns. I just, I felt like I never got in gunfights. It was like, if I tried to get into a gunfight, I, they would just run. And it was like, I was, I was trying to get, um, headshots for the Ace of Spades quest. 
And I just, I literally couldn't get people to enter into a gunfight. If I started shooting at them down a lane, they would literally just run away. And then whenever I would push choke points and get impatient, I'd get killed by shotgunners. Or if they actually did push choke points, choke points aggressively, they'd just come charging in with a grenade launcher and kill me. So it was just like, and again, and again, people ask for a return to D1. That's D1. Like, that's D1. D1 is nobody using their primary weapons. And uh, that that's the way that Bungie works. They pendulum swing. Oh, you guys want primary gunfights? Here's two primaries. What? That's not what we asked for. We asked for primaries to be strong enough to be viable against certain certain situations, shotgun rushing, etc. Right? Um, oh, you guys want more power back in the Crucible? You're tired of primaries? Okay, we'll make primaries completely irrelevant. See what I'm saying? Like, the pendulum just swings so sharp in in their updates in the, in the Crucible. It's why I've just never... It's why I've just never really been a fan or been able to get my footing in there. I just... I don't enjoy it. And that's one of the reasons. There's other reasons I have a bias against the Crucible. It's not my style. It's not my style. And therefore... It's difficult to 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 want to play it, um. So, but yeah, it feels like the pendulum has swung again. Quiet Ghost with seven months, says seven crispy months. You thank you so much for more than half a year of support. Mighty Mitten never trolls. Do you find it strange that Bungie blocks certain guns from getting certain perks to make rewards of the, uh, the archetypes that are never used and never will be. Take for instance a Better Devil's Can't Roll Rampage or Iron Banner rewards that are all the wrong archetypes ETC. Um, I think when you have as many weapons as we have as we do in Destiny you're going to have throwaway weapons. It's unavoidable. I don't know if I'm if, if that means there aren't problems. Like you're saying these are problems, right? Why can't the better devils roll rampage? If every gun can have the same role, then what's the point in having multiple versions of within an archetype? Oh, the base stats are different. Okay, anything else? You know what I'm saying? So like, if the better devils is basically the exact same as, uh, what's the better devils? A 140? 10 paces is a 140, and the midnight coup is a one. Is the midnight coup a 150? Let's just go with the 10 paces. If the 10 paces and the better devils are basically identical, same same rounds per minute, same perk pool, well, then the only difference is going to be your base stats. And the base stats of the better devils are, are, are visibly probably better, like higher. I don't know. I've never just looked at base stats of those two guns. So then it just comes down to literally like guns don't... In that scenario, guns don't matter just as much. Just in another way. Right? Now they don't matter because you only need to go for one gun. They don't matter. So whenever you're like, well, there's guns within this archetype that are worthless. There are guns in Borderlands that are worthless. And so that's that's always going to be a thing whenever you try and throw a bunch of... Um, oh, I have fourth times the charm rampage. I was like, why am I not getting outlaw on this gun? Um, so... I don't know what the solution is to that. I disagree that guns are throwaway. Look at analytical players like Cami Cakes who go out of the way to find playstyle uses for obscure roles. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm being, maybe I'm overreaching with the term throwaway, but I think what he means is 
there are guns that just you're like yeah if it can't get rampage outlaw what's the point in using it this is where perk diversity and perk depth comes into play what if a gun that can't roll rampage outlaw can roll something else with outlaw that's used properly as like a better pairing or something this is where you have to introduce new perks upset the established order introduce a little anarchy right like come on make it to where rampage outlaw isn't the only role worth running on pulses in 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 uh hand cannons change things up make it so you feel incentivized to chase or run different guns different loadouts so firewall slightly off topic but would you prefer that they stop showing us exotics and overly hyped advertisements before dlc releases seeing vex class or necrochasm would have been a huge blow to my drive in the mystery oh yeah i wish they wouldn't do that i was really glad they didn't show us any raid gear or any raid guns um but they showed us the 1k voices and that was a bit of a bummer People are like, what's the exotic you're looking forward to the most? I was like, one, the 1,000 voices every time people ask me. And then when I found out it only dropped in the raid, there was a part of me that was like, and why did you show that to us ahead of time? You know? Outlaw Desperado is a good example. Yeah, you could do that. So, I don't know. Now, I know Outlaw Kill Clip in PvP, some people prefer that over Outlaw Rampage. But, but... I still think you're still dealing within the same framework. A reload perk and a damage perk. That's it. Instead of like, what if there was a reload perk that then did something to the clip after you reloaded it? Like when we talked about like Gambler. What if you get a crit hit and then that crit hit procs a damage multiplier? You can reload and potentially get a bigger damage multiplier in the ne- like part of the next clip so it gambles. Or, I don't know. Like There's a variety of things I think they could do that could potentially lead to, you know, people doing more than just seeking the same perks every time. I think a lot of it just comes down to new perks, not necessarily, what do you do with the old perks? What do you do with the archetypes that we presently have? You know? So. Kamikaze. Would it help in Gambit if when you invaded, they didn't allow you to switch to heavy as you already have an overshield and... An ability to see where every opponent is. Well, I mean, it's 4v1, dude. What, like, it's 4v1. What, am I going to go over and get in a kinetic fight with four people? I'm going to rush people with my with my shotgun? Oh, you have to use your sniper or your super? Yeah, you're just narrowing player freedom to the point of where it's a little absurd to expect anybody to go over and in a 4v1 always be like well i gotta pop my super or use my sniper well guess what you pop your super and if it's a roaming super they're gonna sleeper the frick out of you uh if you if you push with shotgun they're gonna they're gonna team shot the crap out of you sniper would be the only viable option at that point and even that and even that's problematic because they know where you spawn right they know exactly where you spawn and you spawn you're like trying to peek to get sniper shots and you got two or three people trying to hit you with queen breakers sleepers or their own snipers i i think invasion as it stands you need random spawns the the the, the wall hack needs to pulse and not be constant and um maybe maybe 
do something to the timer. I don't know. But I think at a ground level, they need to spawn in random spots, not predictable spots that can be killed quickly by the people that are waiting for you. Uh, people shouldn't be able to run back and hide in, in the spawn, right? They should have to kind of figure out what they're going to do. Um, I thought of a good idea on the Rageless Roundtable. If you have more moats, you're harder to kill. You take more damage. So if you have 15 moats, you're not going to get one shot by Sleeper. Well, that's risk-reward for the person invading. Am I going to go for the 15 guy? It's going to be harder to kill him. I'm going to have to Sleeper him and then probably follow up with like some primary shots or something. I don't know. Well, I, there's a guy with 15. I'm going to have to go at him with my Super. He's going to be harder to kill. Well, then go for the people with 5. Go for the people with 10. Like, once you get 11 or more, maybe, you're harder to kill. So when you invade, you're like, I'm going to go for the people with five. They're not, they don't get the damage. They don't get the damage resistance. You're still affecting their efficiency. You're still going over and frustrating them by killing them and making them drop moats. But it's not like, it's not like I went over and I shot a guy in the toe with 15 and he just lost everything. That's like three, three areas of clearing. Um... Don't incentivize holding moats. Well, and here would be another way we could pair that idea, Eugene. What if you get the damage resistance and it starts to go down and you start to get weaker the longer you hold the moats? Making it harder for you to survive if you're just holding moats like a dingbat or if you're trying to navigate the rubber banding mechanic, right? So there'd be like this, oh, I just got got 11 moats and that starts the timer, right? Damage resistance of like a 2. Timer counts down, damage resistance of one. Keeps counting down, now you're back to normal. Now, damage, uh, damage, um, you take more damage. Right? I start taking more damage because I've been holding these moats for too long. Go deposit the moats, you dum-dum. Now, someone might say, that's going to be terrible. These two, you know, these two brain cell, you know, dum-dums that go into Gambit and constantly die, you know, holding moats, they're going to die even more now because eventually they're going to get weaker. If it's on the screen flashing and he's like, hey, you're a lot weaker now. You've held those moats too long. Get to the bank, moron. You know, if if you have him saying that, I think you'd slowly start to educate the player base on the fact that like holding moats is a dumb idea. And now you're weaker if you do so. De-incentivizing people from basically saying, I'm going to. I'm going to hold moats and we're going to we're going to try and rubber band by burying their platform with big blockers. I don't know. More moats, more damage, more taken. I don't know. I, I'm just I'm literally just rattling stuff off the top of my head. I, there, there are things they could do to tweak the game mode to limit rubber banding, incentivize moat banking and make make invasion make invasion fun and, and, and frustrating in the right ways. Because right now I just think there's a lot of rubber banding and invasion things that are are overly frustrating and silly and banking and you know holding moats, etc. that could be addressed with, with things like that. Um, again, I'm rattling off ideas that would need to go through testing because it could create more problems than it solves. Uh, Majones, Majones says, I'm a new player. I started with Forsaken. Are there really no way of getting year one weapons anymore? Like the old fashioned revolver, for example. There are ones I would love to get. Uh, I think you basically just have to farm old loot pools, like farm for the materials on the EDZ, I think. And then when you pick up those materials on the EDZ, you go and turn those into, uh, what's his name? Caught me mid-cup here. You go and turn those into Devrim K, and I think that's where you could still get an old-fashioned, maybe? I actually don't know. Um, 
So old planets give the old drops. Yeah, okay. I, I still think you can do that. You, again, it, it might be not the most effective farm, but if you're doing the bounties, the lost sectors, and the public events, you should be getting enough materials to periodically go dump them all into the, the NPC and hope to get them because the old-fashioned and the call to serve scout will still drop from Devrim K as far as I know. Um, and potentially they'll drop from the lost sectors in the public events as well as just legendary drops from the chess pieces. I think they get they I think they have a lower drop rate. I think their drop rate is better from the uh, NPCs. Will Sizzle, Lono and Chat are the edge transit still edge transit drop rate still a problem? No, they added the through fire and blood and the Zenobia D and the Crooked Fang to the legendary power drops, so you get a lot more diversity now in your power drops. Uh Saul Villa, do you feel like the random rolls were just a band-aid for a lack of loot creativity? I don't think it was a band-aid. I don't. I think it was a pivot back to what people liked about D1. Okay. I want you to imagine that year one doesn't exist for a moment. Okay? Let's just imagine that year one doesn't exist, and all of the content we're currently playing has random rolls. Okay? So you come over Leviathan... You come over the lost, uh, the nightfall specific loot. You come over every piece of gear, and you give it random rolls, okay? And you play through the game right now. If you get a god roll, midnight coup, that's going to be the best hand cannon for you, right? But maybe I get a god roll, warden's law, or a god roll, better devils, or a god roll, ten paces, that I feel uh, is better. Or maybe that just makes it to where I'm like, I don't need to go for the Midnight Coup now in the raid. I got this one here. Well, you might want to go for the Midnight Coup in the raid because it has an intrinsic raid perk or something, right? That's a, that's another thing that, that they could have added that's missing. But if D1, if D1 didn't exist and you didn't have Midnight Coups and, and Ikelos shotguns and stuff, and every one of those guns in the game right now drop with a random roll... This would be this would be like the perfect version of Destiny, but yeah, you could get a, a God Roll EP shotgun and it'd be amazing, but it would take a while, right? You could get a God Roll Midnight Coup and it would be amazing, but there could be other God Roll hand cannons that you could be going for. The loot pool's jacked up because there's year one weapons you can infuse up to power that are already pinnacle versions of that weapon. And the difference between a god roll hand cannon and a god roll and, and the midnight coup, the difference just isn't big enough. The difference is not big enough. So that's that's the reason that we're respecting the grind from year one to the point that you're that it's undercutting potential power and loot pursuits in year two. Uh, JD Champ, do you think they want a lot of the new player base to drop out so they are refreshed uh, when the next DLC comes instead of encouraging them to grind until they're burned out? No, I think the I think the goal the goal of Destiny is to always have people playing. It's it's supposed to be a hobbyist game. As a hobbyist game, like I just saw an article that like delivering games as as service, a game as service, a game as hobby, like Destiny, has been very very good uh, for the companies attached to these games. It's been very lucrative, but it's because it creates a ravenous and a committed and loyal fan base. Um, 
And that is where you get that's where you get a lot of your your money and your revenue, right? Because people are like, I can't stop playing. Cooperman, do you think the Warden's Law hand cannon is working as it should, or is it supposed to fire like the Graviton Lance? Okay, so the Warden's Law is firing two bullets, but they're not registering as two bullets when you hit a crit. It combines the damage. The problem with that is, is triple tap could be unique on this gun, requiring only two crits in a row. And fourth time's a charm could be unique in that it only requires two crits as well to, to proc. Fourth time's a charm is supposed to... Uh, rapidly landing precision hits will return two rounds to the magazine. So that means every four shots, you should be getting two back if, if, the, if the bullets were registering properly. So it's not that it's shooting incorrectly. There are, there are actually two bullets coming out. If you shoot them in the body, you'll see two damage number, uh, two damage numbers. But it's not registering properly on crits, which makes triple tap and four times a charm not as cool on the gun as it could be. Uh, I think it's safe to say that wall-hugging shotgun sliders are trolls in PvP. Shotguns would have been better to stay as a heavy weapon. If you don't have a Lunas Howl or the Bygones, what else can come? Uh, Go Figure is a great weapon. Go Figure is a solid weapon uh, for Crucible. I don't think you have to run a Lunas or a bygones to compete. Now, I've not gone up against a lot of Lunas. I don't know how problematic they are right now. Um, but I think shotguns, in my opinion, would be better. You'd, you'd be able to shut them down more if there was a uh, more viability of like having like a shredder, having like a shredder gun, like the uh, like an SMG or something. Like, SMGs are already really, really strong, but it's really, really hard to rip off SMG shots fast enough to stop somebody running at you full speed with a shotgun. Now, if you're really, really good with a hand cannon, maybe. If you're really, really good with the Lunas, maybe. Maybe that's what you mean. Like, if you don't have a Bygones or a Lunas, how are you supposed to shut down the shotgun rush? Like, maybe that's what you mean. Um... I, again, think people are looking at things the wrong way. Sleeper's the problem in Gambit. Shotguns are a problem in PvP. What if the problem is map design and radar reach? You know? What if the map design is constantly funneling people to choke points, which makes shotguns get tons of viability, and there's not enough long approaches? There's not enough verticality? There's not enough diversity in the approaches? Like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go attack this spot, and there's a high spot, and a low spot, and a mid-range spot. Like, whenever you have verticality, it makes it harder for team shotting, it makes it harder for a corner camper with a shotgun, it makes it harder for a, a, a corner camper with a shotgun to push the choke point as you come in it, and slide, and pull the, and just pull the trigger, right? Again, game design and Gambit, map design and PvP, those are contributing more to you just constantly getting funneled to places where shotguns get the leg up on you because there's no long approaches. Now, when you get on a long approach map, what happens? A long approach map leads to people just kind of looking down the lane with pulse rifles and team shotting you. So you're dealing with like you either you're dealing with like either extreme. I gotta, I gotta go in this door, and there's this long sight line, and two guys are shooting with pulses. 
it's like you're dealing with either extreme. Now, somebody's using Bannerfall. Bannerfall is a good example. There's 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 verticality in the approaches. There's high points. There's low points. You know, it's it's harder for people to team shot on that map. What ends up happening on Bannerfall though is if it's control, it it's it's just really really frustrating because it turns into just that that chaos unfun fight on on the on B. I think Bannerfall is is really really fun when it's just clash because. It's just a matter of map control and trying to win gunfights. I also think sixes on a lot of these maps leads to a lot of the frustration just because it's really, really easy uh, to constantly get in fights where you just don't feel like you ever get into a one-on-one gunfight. It's like every gunfight I get into is multiple people. Every guy I shoot runs and then his teammate takes his spot because there's six people. Whenever I go into competitive and it's just clash my efficiency goes way up why because i'm getting in gunfights and i've been playing shooters long enough that i'm pretty proficient in gunfights i can win a lot of my gunfights uh 31 months from uh navy peng uh penguin says happy to see you back in action after being in the hospital uh keep rocking on twitch as i'm a worker lurker keep on grinding thank you so much so Hmong, without an endgame PvE grind, the 1k voices is not a grind, it's an RNG drop, what's holding PvE players from leaving the game? Having spent 300 hours on Forsaken, I felt that the other than running the raid every week, I have nothing else to grind uh, and work towards. The Nightfall rank 14 is not a grind. Um, I feel like this is where God Rolls can serve a really great purpose, but year one gear is interfering with that incentive. Right? Like, when I was going for an Imago Loop God Roll, right? I had an Imago Loop God Roll, and it was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grind for this. Because I want this. It's gonna change my, it's gonna change my, uh, my experience. And I went until I got it. Right now, is grinding for the Dust Rock Blues. I knew the entire time I was grinding for it, it was gonna be weaker than the Escalation Protocol Shotgun grind for a warden's law it's you're 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 grinding for a weapon that's inferior to now if i get outlaw rampage maybe it'll maybe if i use it properly and hit my crits and put a targeting adjuster on it it'll feel saucy and maybe i'll feel like it's as good as a midnight coup so they deliver they deliver god rolls they deliver random rolls they deliver curated rolls i love the idea of curated rolls it's a cool iteration on god rolls and and, and seeking out random rolls it's a, it's a cool thing that they did but then you're like, why am I going to spend hours in this nightfall if the gun itself is marginally better or not better at all than guns that I already have? Go to the collection, hit the button, do my milestones and infuse. Right? So, it's why we're talking about the energy weapon problem in the game. It's a loot incentive problem. Uh, Will Stizzle. Yeah, and where do the auto rifles go in Crucible? Auto rifles has taken such a back seat. The only competitive rifles are Origin Story and Tiger Spite. Seriously? Um, man, oh man. The problem with auto rifles is that people spent the last year learning that it's really easy to just leave the lane when somebody's shooting you with an auto rifle. Like, up, oh, somebody shoot me with an auto rifle. I'll just leave the lane. You know when you're going to die to an auto rifle. You know when you're going to die. It's like, you see your health going down, and you just, okay, 
I'm gonna die. Time to leave. Like once you get to about half health, right? Pulse rifles, hand cannons, scouts, more rhythmic guns. You're like, I might win this gunfight. I might hit the crit I need to hit. So you tend to stay committed in in those in those gunfights. Auto rifles, people just spend a year team shotting, and it's like it's really easy to know, especially back when the TTK was really slow. It's really easy, really easy to know during the slower TTK when to just leave the lane. So people got trained for a year, just abandon the lane basically if they start getting shot by a uh, by an auto rifle. And so you just you don't see a lot of people holding lanes as soon as they start getting shot with an auto rifle. That's part of the problem. Now if you make auto rifles melt, if you make auto rifles melt, then you're you're also creating a problem and turning into Call of Duty. God rolls are chance. May happen on the thousandth drop. For sure, I just have to grind. Nothing to grind to work toward. I mean, I see what you're saying, H-Mong. Even going for God rolls isn't the equivalent of a Luna's Howl, Not Forgotten, or the Broadsword, right? Somebody might say, well, they have the, 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 the Nightfall level 14, right? It'd be cool if you did have an elaborate quest line with Zavala equal to what we have with Shax. So you do feel you do feel that pull to like I'm gonna go and grind that content. Um Yeah, if this thing starts working with fourth times the charm and rampage, this thing might be better with fourth times the charm and rampage. Because you'll just be able to keep shooting for what feels like forever. So the Warden's Law curated role may be great once they change how crits register with um, hopefully that's soon. Cool gun. It looks really cool. It's just hard to justify using because of the fire rate. A tempered metal made me reload really fast there. Uh, Mighty Mint never trolls. Do you think changing what invader means could work? Say if you're invaded and your bank locks and modifiers start applying to your team every three to five seconds, do you have to focus the invader or if the primeval is out uh, and you're invaded... I did it again. I left B without fully charging it. Sorry, guys. Uh, you get invaded. He gains an overshield, so you have to chase the invader and kill them. You're kind of overcomplicating invading. Like you, you're, you're kind of you're kind of overcomplicating invading. You're basically making invading like this really, really elaborate like thing. And if they go over and get an overshield, uh, they get an overshield on your boss. And then if they kill you, and then if they kill you, they heal your boss. That's like, that's, you're kind of double dipping. You're kind of double dipping. You make it so I can't damage my boss anymore. And, and you, uh, and you make it so that I, uh, I lose, I lose, uh, the the, the enemy gets held back if you kill me. That's too much. That's too much. Last question. Uh, Ray's Ghost Protocol. Does score matter for drop rate, Warden's Law, Mindbender? I feel like it matters. I'm not getting any to drop. I've never, I have never, I have never had the Warden's Law or any of the Nightfall drops be this bad. I don't know what is going on. I truly do not know what is going on. I have been grinding now for for almost five total hours without a single Warden's Law drop. 
I have 180,000 score on my card, and I was typically getting two to three in a four to five hour period, not zero. So, Rich with five months of subs, thanks for keeping your primes up here. Enjoy your dope badge and emotes, your dope and deserve dope, deserve dope stuff. Thank you so much. All right, one more, one more. Hmong says, should energy exotics weapons get a buff so you can justify using them over exotic heavies? I feel like most energy exotics underperform. Oh yeah, Merciless is is bad. Fighting Lion, I guess with the Catalyst, can be cool according to people. In general, I just feel like, you know, yeah, your energy exotics are just not very good um, and could be a whole lot better uh, than they are now. Uh, tier 3, 14 month resub from Fatal Symphony. Thank you so much for doing the tier 3, dude. And thank you for a year plus two. That is a long dadgum time. Um, so, I think that a lot of the exotic energy weapons need looked at. In general, the energy weapon slot is just super, super lame right now. And there's a lot of things that would need to be done with it. I didn't even talk about exotics uh, in the talk. I'm, I, I got a helmet. I'm still just not getting it. I'm finally getting legendaries to drop now, so... Maybe we're in the right rhythm, and I'll get one to drop eventually. So, I'm going to keep streaming. I am not shutting the stream down. I will do this outro for those listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and watching on YouTube. I appreciate you watching and listening to all of my content. You can always tune in twitch.tv slash to rage. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe.